Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm Gabriella Cruz alongside Nick Padone, Chris McNeil. What are you smiling about, man? <laughs> What's is, up? It was is it this big Browns win we just had? Huge Browns win, hectic pregame, you know, show to this, meetings and I stuff understand. like that. Just a lot of fun in the Big Play studio today. What is up, Gavin? What's up, Chris? A lot of positive karma today after yes. the Browns victory. Unexpected victory. I was wrong. Yeah. I was dead wrong, and I've never been happier to be wrong than I am today. I had I gave the Browns absolutely no shot at winning that ball game. They come out, they prove me wrong, they prove a lot of people want wrong. Jim Schwartz proved a lot of people wrong. That was a great day yesterday. I can't wait to get into it, but I'm I'm pumped up today. Hey, yeah. you weren't alone, McNeil. And no. honestly, you should be pumped up so much so that you don't even need that entire thing of Diet Mountain a Dew. A two liter of Diet Mountain two Dew. Two liters We're worth. getting to it again. But uh, here we go. We're still I, pandering. Mountain Dew social people. This. By the Hit end of up. this season, my guy's going to have no front teeth. <laughs> Probably right. And I may be a little bit green, maybe a greener haze to me by the end of the season. We're going to call Mick Shrek over here. <laughs> Mick Shrek. I hope that doesn't stick. Uh, you've got Mountain Dew in your veins. Browns had ice in their veins. I Ew. think that we only have so much time to do our little intro right here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, shall I? Shall I toss it to Brady? Yeah, yeah. Getting the consensus. Okay, yeah. we'll be back because we've got a really cool, awesome special guest coming up. Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. We are going to get right into our Labatt featured interview, and we've got none other than real-life superhero. You got the cool pants on today, too, which I really think helps. Cameron Justice, News 5 sports reporter, is with us. She does a fantastic job. We're super psyched to have you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, superhero, cool pants. I just... Yeah. Inflating my head. Just, I, I love it. We got to <laughs> hype you up, sis. We got to hype you up, obviously. And you know what? You'd really do such a great job. So we're excited you could come in and be here live because we've had you on, right? But this is the first time physically. First time here. First time yeah. Here. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's awesome to be like in the studio. It's beautiful, first of all. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. We always ask people, what do you think of our airport? <laughs> <laughs> Have you it, ever been to Burke before? I've never been in this building. No, because okay. I mean, when I fly, I don't fly at a. Burke, yeah, I, I'm right. just me. <laughs> like, well, you don't like, fly privately? Like no, not really. Oh. Not not typically. I try to, you know, She's got the commoners. No, like like, like the common her. folk. I yeah, you know. You're, you're a woman of the people. <laughs> you get me. That's <laughs> a fly commercial. <laughs> it's, by, it's by choice. Totally. Right. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, were you just as shocked as the three of us yesterday? I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who actually wasn't shocked. Even if you were optimistic. Yeah. I think... The way that game went was truly shocking in the best kind of way, right? Like, you knew the defense was incredible through the first few games, but to be able to dominate the 49ers' stout offense, like the way they did, you kind of had a feeling maybe Jim Schwartz had something in his bag because he's very good against Shanahan. Yeah. That's, that's been known. We look at the stats, and he was 7-1, and one, now he's 8-1. and one. He had that, but... To be able to do it and to see it like that, and to for them to have eliminated really the threat of Brock Purdy and to the coverage they did, the way the defensive line, that interior, the way they played all day long, I think that was a real solidifying moment for them. That this isn't just oh, I played a couple teams and played well. 
this team can go against anyone and shut anybody down because of that defense. I- hey, now, you were interviewing a bunch of the players post-game. You sent out some great clips. What was kind of the sense from the players as you talked to them after that game? Were they just as surprised as the rest of us, or did they come in with the confidence and the fight, and literally the fight at the beginning of that game? Yeah. Uh, were they still projecting that there at the end? <laughs> I think they're always confident. That's the one the one thing I will say about this Browns locker room and this Browns roster is the morale through all the adversity, the little storylines, some of the big storylines that we've talked about that kind of causes chaos on Browns Twitter specifically, but within <laughs> the fan base there's a lot, there's been a lot of chaos and like storylines that pop up like that, but through it all this team has had really high morale and that hasn't always been the case. Some of these things can derail how they're feeling. The vibes, I know we we use the vibe, the word vibe a lot. We vibe, and I I love the word vibe. But the vibes in the past have been really dwindled by things like this, and has kind of shut how they're feeling down. These storylines, this adversity that they faced this year, they haven't been anywhere near taken back by by that, and the, the vibes have stayed high. So in the locker room, I think it was a sense of. You know, we were confident in ourselves. We felt like we could do it. But I think that pregame fight, the fact that they were already being doubted by analysts, by fans even, Juan Thornhill said it. You know, he's like, hey, that made me mad. I can't believe that even our fans didn't believe in us. And I think that was a, a motivation for them. But then for the 49ers to come in, to disrupt their drills, to run all over the field, interrupt what they were doing, it really was like an intimidation tactic. Like they didn't respect what they were, why they were there, and that the Browns, this was their house, and maybe be a little respectful. There's they a there's a out. sense of competition, right? But like that was, I think, a step too far for the Browns. So based off of that pregame scuffle, I think that solidified that they were going to do whatever it took to make sure that they answered the disrespect in the best way. Because you can fight, yeah. you can make it a fist fight, but how do you really shut somebody up? who's disrespecting you on the field, you beat them. And that's what they did. Yeah, it was a good foreshadowing for our game. You mentioned that morale and the high vibes in the locker room. Who specifically is providing the foundation for that? There's so many guys. Juan Thornhill is one of them. He has been a really big culture changer uh, for the team. But even guys like Zadarius Smith, the energy that he brings, he's just, it's something that the team needed. And guys in the past, they had the ability to do it, but they didn't translate it the way they should have. Mm-hmm. And I think Zadarius has done a really good job at doing that. Uh, and there's just guys across the roster that have provided that. Even even the quiet ones, you know, like Amari Cooper, he is a guy that he's not going to talk a ton. He's like the wide receiver version of Nick Chubb, basically, <laughs> with a little bit more. He'll have some fun with it, too. Those kinds of guys have just I really shifted how this team can respond to moments like that. But I would say yesterday, for sure, the driving force behind all that was was Juan. I think he was he was not thrilled with how the 49ers were treating everybody. And Grant Delpit, too. Grant Delpit was not having it. He was he was pretty upset that that was how things went out. So I think those two definitely led the charge for them yesterday and helped kind of give them that that extra little push after the fight. We talked a lot about just like the Twitter streets and like the vibe on the Twitter streets. And I feel like one of the hottest names whenever you log on to that website is Kevin Stefanski. You know, people have kind of made up their minds one way or another. And I think a lot of people, too, just kind of goes with the ebbs and the flows of an NFL schedule. You know, you lose to the Ravens and people absolutely hate the guy. And then now Mm -hmm. some people coming around. What's kind of your overall perception on him? And, you know, especially as we start going a little bit into the meteor part of 
of the schedule where he's got to keep winning these games and keep him in the playoff race, right? I think that, and I've, I've, I've always had the belief that Kevin Stefanski is the right coach for this team. I think that there have been, there's obvious moments and areas in which he can grow to really step himself up. I think there's a lot of coaches like that in the league. He's got the potential to be a really, really good coach. And he's shown that numerous times. I mean, he won coach of the year (laughs) his first year. But I think the the areas in which you want to see him grow are those those crucial moments, the fourth down, the short like fourth and shorts, the red zone, the the game winning drive, things like that. I think that's over the years has been kind of where he needs to keep improving. Mm-hmm. And there are ebbs and flows. We've seen them this season too. But I also think that it's so easy to say that his play calling is stale when things aren't working. Because when a play call works, you're a genius. No matter how crazy it is, when it works, you're a genius. When it fails, you're an idiot. Yeah. That's how everyone. That's what everyone thinks, and that's how it comes off. But I do think that if you watch, if you go, just go back and watch, even like from week one this season, he has his scheme has allowed guys to be open. It helps when you have guys like Amari Cooper who are just elite route runners, and they'll find themselves open anyway. But each game, he's got guys open, able to make plays. That is Kevin Stefanski's scheme. That is his play calling. I think that he's had a lot of success in doing that. What I liked yesterday was his ability to do what we've been looking for him to do, right? The adjustments. P.J. Walker throwing it. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That almost, <laughs> one almost went bad. Let's change that. We're running the ball. What are we doing? Like, yeah. let's, let's really solidify. that The answer, learning from what you're doing, not going too crazy, just... Staying the course, winning the game, not be, not trying to be the smartest person in the room, right? But also not letting you, the other team, dictate what you're going to do. I think Kevin Stefanski did a great job of that against Shanahan and, and the 49ers and everybody involved there. And I think that he deserves some recognition for that, especially yeah. that play call. The, the Kareem Hunt touchdown, that, that, nice. that deserves some love because that's one of those ones, if it goes bad, and you're like, what are you doing? But it was so it was so well-designed. And they've been practicing it so much that like that adding that wrinkle in the run game for him to be able to do that shows what he's capable of. And I think that that gets lost in the show. He, he does that a lot. Right. He's he's got that in him every game. It just when the players aren't executing or when he gets a little too far ahead of himself and the game starts getting away from him. I think that's when people are quick to turn. Yeah. But he's proven that he's got what it takes in him. I think people just need to. Keep riding along and, and wait for it to even out because it will even out. And once the players start being able to do what he's trying to get them to do and what they practice all week, you're going to see something really special come together in, in the grand scheme of things. You mentioned, okay. Well, you mentioned P.J. Walker there. So he was kind of thrown to the wolves this week, more or less. Did yeoman's work, in my opinion, yesterday. What was the sense you got out of him post game? What was his mental uh, – where was his head at after going through that game and playing in front of those fans yesterday? I think P.J. Walker is a veteran that knows what he's doing and knows what to expect, knows that it could be bad. <laughs> it, could, it could go south. The game plan could not work. But it also, in those moments, if a play doesn't go right, if you throw a pick, you answer back. It's not over. There's more game left. And I think that helped. And thrown to the wolves, I would say, is maybe not accurate because I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson was more thrown to the wolves. He was in a situation in which he – was preparing to play. The Browns had him, they named him the backup quarterback. He was taking some reps throughout the week of practice, but it really wasn't clear that he was going to be the starting quarterback until right before the game. With P.J. Walker, 
it was a little more evident that Deshaun Watson wasn't ready to get back. He was probably going to be the starter every day that Deshaun okay, wasn't at maybe practice. Maybe he was thrown to just hungry dogs. Hungry dogs, yeah. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. It was, maybe not wolves, but hungry situa- dogs. Yes, yeah. it's a tough situation still because he's only been on the Browns for le- less than two months. He's been on the yeah. active roster for <laughs> like two weeks, like like yeah, in, yeah. involved in all the, the practicing and, and everything that he's doing. So I, I do think that was the toughest challenge, but he's done this before. Like, where Dorian, that was his first NFL right, like start in general. P.J. Walker started before. P.J. Walker's had success starting before. So I, I do think that that helped him. And mentally, you saw that from him. You saw him able to respond, get through some tough. It wasn't always pretty, yeah. but he was able to mentally stay stay the course, tune everything out, get the job done. And that's what the Browns thought he was going to do. We, I think they thought he was going to be able to get the job done. And that's that's all you can ask of a guy like that. A, a, a practice squad guy just a couple days ago, and now here he is called to the active did, roster. I'm interested. Did he have any remarks on that last throw there down by the goal line where he threw it kind of across his body, and everybody in the stadium was like, oh, that's going to get picked, and it didn't get picked, fortunately. See, I have so I was in the locker room when he was talking, so I don't – he might have said something about it. I'm sure yeah. it was, you know, like that's on me. Yeah. But even Kevin Stefanski said, you know, like – PJ knows what he like. He knows what to do there. He knows that's not it, and that was just a. Uh. So I I don't know what PJ said. I'm, I'm gonna get some more insight too. I'm gonna go back listen to it, but also talk to him. See if I can't figure out what that was. I think that was maybe like a just a little oof. Yeah, <laughs> the he was smiling afterwards. <laughs> like I got away with one there. That's not gonna happen again. <laughs> The cleats were fresh too. Did you guys see the shoes that I he had? I missed the on? shoes. I was. Yeah. I couldn't see, see from that PJ far PJ Walker. The Nikes, yeah. No, what were they? Oh, they were like Jordans. They were like Jordan cleats. There's a lot of... You're Mr. Fashion all of a sudden. You walk in here with his hat. It looks like you're right out of succession. He's going to come in next week and he's going to have some fresh Jordans on. No. (laughs) What shoes you got on? Now, just some Nike, like, walking, running shoes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was waiting for like some retro drop no, that you had to no. pay like a bunch for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you look good. You play good. All right, yeah, we got 30 yeah. seconds left. Real quick, what what is the latest on Deshaun Watson? Working through it. I mean, that's all it is. It's a waiting game. We'll see on Wednesday uh, if he's able to practice. That's what it comes down to. But he did say he hasn't talked to media openly. Um, I was right. able to talk to him briefly. He just doesn't. It's like in a place where he's working on that rehab. But he said, you know, doing everything I can to be good medically and functional on the field, and that's all you can do is just kind of Have you had a chance to see him throw at all in the last couple of weeks? Not since he was out uh, before the before the Ravens mm-hmm. game. Okay. So it's, yeah. been, it's, been a, it's been a while. He's been working inside. So yeah. it's, it, we'll see. Well, yeah. you keep your fingers crossed that he's out there on Wednesday and can practice and kind of ramp things up a little bit more. But it's, it, it's, such a, it's a weird thing. It's such yeah. a weird injury, and it's, they, just, they have to be safe and, and be smart about it. That's what their focus is. And so we're kind of just all hanging in the balance along with everybody else. Cameron, thank you so much for the wise insight. We're going to wrap up. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. We are continuing our conversation with Cameron Justice of News Channel 5, sports reporter with us, giving us some really cool insight and taking us a little behind the scenes, what it's like um, in the locker room and kind of the dynamics with media and the weird situation with Deshaun right now. Um, 
what else? Nick, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I think she kind of went all around. Yeah, we definitely did hit a hit a lot. I would just say like some of the other key injuries. You know, we talked through the Deshaun thing. It's really just kind of a wait and see type thing, which it is unfortunate. Like I feel like that's everyone's least favorite yeah. thing is to just keep operating in limbo with such a big injury. But um, you know, Joel Batonio, Njoku with just his you know burns and his progression yeah. through that. Uh, Pochich, Anthony Walker, like any updates on any of those guys? Yeah. So Joel was getting closer to playing on Sunday, and you That's know, sick. you know how how bad he probably wanted to be out there. One hundred and two game streak, and that getting seeing that snapped is just you don't you don't want to see that. But he had that that knee scope, had the procedure. It just wasn't where he needed it to be. I would expect him to be back this week in practice and, and be okay. Uh, Posick, I think, is doing well. He was he was in practice last week. Just one of those things that, like, you just kind of play through it. Um, Michael Dunn, that's one to watch because he was filling in for Joel Batonio. He injured his calf uh, against the 49ers. So Damn. to have, the, like, that depth, just hopefully it's not that big of a deal. Um, but David Njoku, I mean – he played what a boss that's it i mean yeah. he's playing every, he's, he's playing every week now that's it like he for him to have played in that ravens game was unbelievable to me i mean the way that must have been so painful and just it had to have been excruciating there's no way around it because yeah. even if the adrenaline and you know you can get through it a little bit the helmet sitting right on those burns. He had the mask. He had, a, like, a thing on his head. Sweaty. Like, but, like, yeah, you get the you get sweat. You get the helmet rubbing against it, the contact. So I, I there's no way that wasn't painful. And so I was shocked that he was able to play uh, against the Ravens. And then the fact that he was questionable leading into this game, I was like, well, if he played against the Ravens, you know David Njoku. Yeah, you know how he is. So, and he, he said after the game, they were like, you were in doubt. He said, I was never in doubt. I was always going to play. Love that <laughs> so, attitude. Yeah. That so great. Yeah, so, that's what yeah. endears him to the fans it, so much. And that's exa- the, the way he's grown in that kind of role. He's just yeah. a leader by example and a guy that a lot of fans just like love to see and just he's really embraced this. It's such a stark change from some of the things we've that were said about him before. Yeah. The way that he's evolved in his role here in Cleveland, I think, is just really special. There were, like, trade requests. Like, things were ugly with him, like, not too long ago. And he really definitely had all grown up. And all's <laughs> forgotten. And that's all what happens. Good. That's what happens when you play He's playing a like- nice <laughs> tight end role, too. Like, he's yeah. developed so much in the blocking game. And, like, as a pass catcher, we've known, you know, kind of what he is and hopefully what he could continue to evolve to be with Deshaun Watson, uh, especially coming down here, down the stretch. Cam, do you have any hope that if Deshaun can't go for this, we kind of parlay that defensive performance into another good one in a dome? It's going to be a little bit different. You know, CMC went down, Debo went down, it was pouring. This is going to be a little bit of a different challenge with the Colts playing inside and that whole thing. It is, but I think I think this was the not the ultimate test because any given Sunday a team can yeah. go off, right? A team can just look incredible. I think mentally knowing that you were able to go against this 49ers team who decided to come in here uh in in, in into cleveland and and say we're gonna win this thing very confident Try and push us around yeah, yeah. What, what did grant grant elpit said they came in on their high horse yeah. they came in on their high horse and for them to be able to get past that just mentally even and to still execute the game plan i think defensively they can play anybody they can play anywhere it doesn't matter i think jim schwartz has got these guys so bought in that when he has a game plan for anything, and you, you have to believe that Jim Schwartz will have yeah. a defensive game plan for yeah. anybody and be able to get these guys to do it. 
And so for me, I think this was the game where it was like, okay, what what are they going to be able to do against the 49ers offense? And obviously people are talking right now about like Debo Samuel was out and Christian McCaffrey went in and out. And that's that it's that's the reality of the NFL. Part of the the Browns the Browns played that game without Nick Chubb. The yeah. Browns played that game without Joel Batonio. Yep. The Browns played that game without Deshaun Watson. There, there's pieces and parts missing from every team. Um, and so I, I do think, though, that the Browns had a really good game plan for that. So against the Colts, we move on against the Seahawks. I think that they are in a very good position to be able to continue that performance against the 49ers, against anybody. Which scares me. Because of just the nature of the Cleveland Browns, right? We didn't feel, nobody felt good about going into this game. And then all of a sudden, what happens? They come and they shock the world, right? So now you figure we're going into Indianapolis, you know? We should be feeling good. Should be feeling great, (laughs) like Cam just laid out there. And I'm with you. But, man, there's always that Cleveland mentality of, oh, I hope we don't have an upset here and we have a letdown. I think the question mark will be the offense again, right? Mm. Because whether whether or not Deshaun is back, I mean, there's still question marks there. And I think if they are able to put together at least a game plan similar to the 49ers where they got the job done, make a couple drives, score a touchdown, make your field goals. Dustin Hopkins did a great job of that. And and you've got that reliability and that consistency in a kicker now. I think if you can set up drives to just get points on the board, I think the defense has shown that they can play against anybody. And that's why it's hopeful. Now, you go against the Colts team. You go against the Seahawks. You keep going down the line, back to back against the Ravens, and and you go through the the schedule. It's about the offense clicking more than on one occasion. That Titans game was great for them. They need to put it together. When Deshaun's back, he needs to put it together multiple games in a row. And if it's not Deshaun against the Colts, then guess what? P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson, Robinson have yep. to be, be able to get out there and win the game by managing the game, by handling the game, not giving it away. Because the, if the Browns were going to lose yesterday with what they were able to do is because they were going to beat themselves. It was the, that first missed field goal, which Dustin Hopkins answered back to. It was the penalties that took back a touchdown, small things that they beat themselves in. If they can do that without beating themselves, they can actually beat teams. Yeah. Yeah. We can cut those penalties down for sure. For sure. How about the, how about the interception? Martin Emerson had a great interception. First. Yeah. First career interception Mm -hmm. sets you up with great field position. You walk out of there with no points. I was like, that's the turning point of the game, but they still found a way to overcome that too. What do you think about the pregame guitar smash? (laughs) I'm curious to get your thoughts. Let's get this. I I like it. Okay. I, I've seen some close calls where I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, this is a little dangerous. Booby. I love that it was Phil Dawson. Our guy fell off the damn yes. stage. I was, you know? and then the guitar flew up, it almost hit somebody else. It was, but I, I do like every week seeing who's going to do it. Yeah. There have been some where I'm like, it's a choice. That's interesting. But there's been some really good, there's <laughs> some really Wait good until ones. I do it here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <When you> do, <laughs> I, I, I might have to go and call somebody. Like, hey, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cameron no, Justice, <laughs> we are winding down here because we got one minute left, but where can we find all of your work, anything you want to plug um, and find everything that you're doing? News5cleveland.com um, on all the socials at Cami Justice. And uh, I guess the only thing I want to plug is Next Man Up because that's my favorite segment that I do. The last one was Dustin Hopkins. So all right, perfect. He, uh, he has some, some skills off the field that you guys should check out. Very cool. cool. Perfect. Yeah, we will definitely check that out. Real quick. Quick thoughts on the Cavs. Quick thoughts on the Cavs. 
very exciting team. Really like the additions that they brought in. Max Strews, George Niang. I think they that a lot of potential there for this team to address what was missing. And then Tristan Thompson being back. The toughness that he brings. Everybody's saying. Ooh, I think that's going to be exciting because that was that was what was missing in that Knicks series was yeah. the toughness. Tristan Thompson brings that to the table. Maybe boosts Evan Mobley up a little bit. That's what I said. I said when that transaction went down, I want nothing out of Tristan Thompson. I'd be happy if he gets into training camp and just starts fist fighting Jared <laughs> Allen and Evan Mobley every I day. You're gonna fall Tough over your up. chair. While she I know was she's doing speaking that right to you. She's love it. Right love it. You. Thank you, Cameron. Same wavelength. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Cameron, thank Thanks, you Cam. so much for your time. Thanks for coming in today, and we'll we'll catch you. Um, you heard her at Cameron Justice, Cammy Justice Cam yeah, on yeah. Twitter and and such. Check out all of her work, and we'll be back right after this. It's like, oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. Such an amazing guest to have on and so insightful when we break down Brown's playing. You you read all the headlines, and then it's cool because you get all the inside scoop right, right here. Yeah. She yeah. was sending out all those great quotes yesterday, and it was fun to see from the players' perspective what they thought about the game because, you know, us as fans, we're all pumped up. It's great to see it reflected in the quotes that she was sending out from us. So it's nice to have somebody who's down there in the locker room who's really close to it. So that was cool. Should we do a little fill in the Let's blank? Let's do a little fill in the blank. Gab, I got one for you. We'll <laughs> oh, kind of flip this segment oh, right on its it. head. Yeah. It's right. usually right. you right. that tees us up, but we'll start with this because I know you were there. Okay. The atmosphere at Browns versus Niners this weekend was blank. It was. Hmm. Were you there too, McNeil? I was not. So okay. I, I, I know made the executive decision. I saw this one coming, and it, I was like, there is no way in this weather that I'm bringing the kids up to that thing's going to be a horror. And my brother went instead, and he said the atmosphere was absolutely like metal. It was like a concert out there. I he was going to use so the word. Loud. I was going to use the word electric, actually. Yeah, but then I go. was like, how electric? Because it was at first it was weird because there was a lot of 49ers fans. So you That's walk okay. in yeah. and you're like, okay. Youngstown's not that far away. They right. travel. And then, and then as the game goes on, everybody's getting rowdier and rowdier, and we're in this thing. So it, it became very electric. Yeah. Yeah, it looked it. It looked it on TV. And it that, feels like that fans. playoff feel, you know? Yeah. And, and right now we don't have a whole lot of experience with playoffs yet in Cleveland. Yet. And, and it does. It brings that feel to town, and it's just great to see. I didn't know that my neighbor was a 49ers fan. And I, after the game, I was letting my dog out, and he was, like, going to the bathroom or whatever. And I'm standing there with him, and I see the guy, like, going towards his door in his jacket. And he said, we'll do it again in the Super Bowl. I was like, I love it. Okay, if that's coming from you, well, uh, 49ers fan that's been You know there. why there's so many 49ers fans? Because Eddie DeBardolo is from Youngstown, who is an owner of part of the 49ers. So there's a lot of 49ers fans there in Youngstown. So. Maureen, you know, there's your history. There's your I like history that. Uh, okay, Blank deserves the most credit for the Browns win over San Francisco. I think it has to be Jim Schwartz, right? I, I'll take the low-hanging the fruit obvious there. answer. It's sure. the it's the obvious answer and it's the honest answer. I say it, I feel like every single week on this show, 
investigate Joe Woods. It's a lot of the same guys on this defense. They didn't add a whole lot. Sure, they got beefier up front. Delvin Tomlinson played a hell of a game. Friend of show Shelby Harris consistently in the backfield. But what was so fascinating to me is it's the existing guys. It's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. It's Grant Delpit. These guys that, honestly, they were a few years away from Losing their jobs in Cleveland had that kind of play kept up. They weren't going to get a second contract here with the Browns. But now those two names in specific are names that Andrew Barry should be looking at at re-signing and bringing back to Cleveland. I think Jim Schwartz deserves a lot of credit. I know he said previously just with his older age in the NFL and some of his health in the, in the past that he wouldn't really have that itch to be a head coach again. If I'm one of these teams that are horrible... That's the number one name on my list is Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. Oh, no. We don't want to see him leaving town. We d- I totally selfishly don't want to see him leave town, but I, I would be hard to ignore the amount of phone calls that he's going to get for a head coaching position because he deserves it. He has this defense playing really well, and I'll say again, it's a lot of the same guys From that Woods. he's pulled out the if best If you can't of. deal with me at my Woods, you can't have me at my Schwartz now. Wait, Amen. Neil, okay, before you, because I want to hear your answer to this, maybe we switch it up and and. See Say, how about the most, maybe the underdog who should deserve some credit for this? I don't know how much of an underdog this is, but who I was thinking was Mm D-Hop. Was basically getting it done in the kicking game. We talked about it. Phil Dawson was out there doing the guitar thing pregame, right? Phil Dawson famously understands the winds at Cleveland Stadium there. So we had some rain in the forecast. We had some rain on the field. It was upsetting Brock Purdy. It was upsetting that kick, that final kick. There was some analysis I saw online that said that if that was perfect conditions, it would have been two yards to the left, Mm. which would have made it good. So kickers, you've got to make a lot of adjustments. After he missed that first kick, he seemed to make the adjustments. So I think of what – better position we're in today because we got him we don't have Cade York yeah huge actually mine really isn't like an underdog same yeah, same us, as Chris my player though is is Amari Green? Cooper oh, okay. yeah. it, it's got it's got to be like what would this Browns receiving room be without Amari Cooper he is the true textbook definition kill of that corner yesterday wide receiver one he cross was him up trucking people over he was leaving people out of their shoes yeah. he jumped up like Harlem Globetrotters style and just grabbed a ball out of the air like he literally did everything and I'd be petrified to find out what this receiving group would be without him he is that important i thought it was cool to see a kareem hunt touchdown it was cool you know it's cool and he's doing it for chubb and he's getting this whole second chance thing um i thought that was cool it was fun the officiating in the browns 49ers game was dumb and dumber i hate to like put him put him on blast like that especially after a win they were bad both ways too like the browns got how many times have we come in here on a monday and said this the browns got a little bit of help in that game at the end yeah yeah the face mask called the wrong way which they eventually cleared up the spot that was wrong that they eventually (laughs) were going on the mic in the stadium apologizing for getting calls wrong by the way kudos kudos (laughs) to browns fans i had never once watched an NFL game where the fans were so loud and the referees were so scared of what could happen that they apologized to the fans in the stands. That, <laughs> that, my friends, tells you the power of the All Cleveland Browns fans. Know. That's All you right. need to know about our fan base. Yeah, 25 total penalties for 224 yards. 
And a lot of, uh, honestly, some of that was deserved. So they, when they get back in the lab, they got to work on that. And it was a weird yeah. game. It was windy. It was rainy. But if you're playing inside and you have that those kind of penalties and it results in a loss, here we go again next week, having the same exact negative conversations about Kevin Stefanski, about the outlook. Penalties play such a big role. They got to clean that up, Cap. Real quick one. Uh, before we head out for our, our second to last break, my biggest concern with the Browns still is it's got to be the offense. I mean, in, in the NFL in the year 2023, you have a very good defense. That's great. If you want to get to where you ultimately want to get to and play in a Super Bowl, you got to be able to score. Let's start with baby steps. You got to be able to score 20 points. I get that they got the job done. I'm ecstatic I, with, that with they won PJ that Walker, game. Walker, what do you expect? But you're doing you, your best. I see Gardner Minshew. I see backups go do yeah. it all the time. You got to be able to score the football. That's my biggest concern as we move forward. It's a small concern, but it's still there. My biggest concern is Deshaun Watson right now. Ultimately, we've got to get our $230 million quarterback back out there. Stop playing with XFL guys. Once again, <laughs> not to rip on P.J. Walker. He did absolute yeoman's work yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, we need to get our guy in there running our offense so that they can get in rhythm here for, dare I say it, the end of the regular season and hopefully into the playoffs. Because Play that's what you do. You build, and you've got to build with chemistry on an offense, and you need Deshaun Watson out there. All right, mic drop. We'll be back with some big play bets right after this. Alrighty, our big play bets on the show this week and every week are always brought to you by our friends over at Tipico Sportsbook. Tipico lets you bet on the biggest sporting events all year round. I bet a lot of people wished they would have bet the Browns to win outright 4-1. to one. That was a nice little payday oh. for some folks, but if you missed out on it, Fear not. You got a ton of football left to play. Ohio State, Penn State this week. Browns and Colts. You got the MLS playoffs. You got Cavs season getting ready to start up. Playoff baseball is in full swing. You guys know what to do. Download the Tipico Sportsbook. When you do, use that promo code REFLOG150. You're going to get all kinds of bet credits on us. $30 dog pound future to bet on the Browns on Sunday with us. Guys, I'm taking a little bit of a road trip this week before we get into our bets. I will be in Columbus at Browns at, at, at the Browns game in Columbus. Nick, come on. I will be in Columbus for the Buckeye game against Penn State. Then I'm going to be in Columbus that night for the crew game. At as the they Death try, Star. Try to get into wow. a better playoff position as the MLS playoffs are about to kick off. And then taking that two-and-a-half-hour drive over to Indy to bet on Browns-Colts as the last leg. What do you guys, you guys think I parlay all those together? That's beautiful. That's, little that's three a good leg. little weekend you got planned there. It's nice what you could do when you don't have kids down there, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Gallivanting all across the Midwest, oh, going yeah. to soccer games and college football games, professional games, just kind of dabble in. Yes, we got to bet on that. We got to parlay something between those three. Huge game for the Buckeyes. I mean, that is a juicy one. Penn State, this is going to be huge. The red out, the scarlet out there at Ohio Stadium. The crew's playing for the playoffs. And then, of course, the Brownies. Oh, we're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about all of it. Let's. You know, I learned something about betting, though, over the weekend. What would you learn? If I root for the Browns, they lose. If I bet against the Browns, 
they win. I think a lot of people probably learned that. So I lost a lot of money this weekend, and I was happy to do it. I was contributing to the cause. Love it. Uh, well, what a better way to start than Browns at Colts. The over-under in this game is 39. But, guys, ooh. we are going to build our big play boost right here. Browns open as two-point favorites. And, obviously, we just had Cam in here, and she was telling us, we got to see what happens with Deshaun Watson later this week. And if he's at practice on Wednesday and Thursday, we could probably see this line improve in favor of the Browns despite being on the road. Odds makers have a lot of faith in Cleveland here, and I think a lot of it has to do with Jim Schwartz. I'm doing the under. Under thirty nine. Thirty nine. You're not. <sighs> that's are, that's a low number for the NFL, right there. Thirty nine. That looks like a college. But our defense. That's all. Colts. Yeah. The Colts are averaging twenty three point three points per game and allowing twenty five point three points per game. The Fighting Gardner Minshews. I know it's a little bit scary because we do need our offense. Well, um, you could bet just the Colts under. Oh. Get really crazy and just hope Schwartz pitches another gem. Colts under 20 points is doable. I like that with our defense. Then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, Jerome Ford was doing the majority of the work yesterday. Got a lot of yardage. You know what he didn't do, though? Kareem vultured him. He didn't get in the end zone, and that really would have been better for me if he would have gotten in the end zone. I would have won some money there because I, I did. I, I think it was Cribs's bet from yesterday. Uh, we needed that Jerome Ford touchdown, and I I swear I didn't see it. And then I double checked the box score. You ever do that? Just double yep. check, like maybe something happened while I was at the bathroom. <laughs> and no, I was very upset. So let's get Jerome Ford in the end zone. All right. Well, honestly, should we keep it at that? Let's do a two leg. Try to see Big one go it. through. We're gonna hold the Colts under twenty points and Jerome Ford is finding that end zone this is going to be a four o'clock game coming up here that should intrigue a lot of browns fans steelers are three and a half point dogs on the road sofi stadium against the rams we're just going who wins this bad boy i'll start it off give me the rams cooper cup is back and sean mcveigh's offense looks a lot more rams ish than it did to start the season the rams look to be the real deal i got the rams i'm going the opposite way because the rams right now their top two running backs are out Kyrie Kyron williams. williams and ronnie rivers are ah. out right now at, at least as of today both of them look like they're sitting although i hate to do it i'm gonna go with the steelers in this matchup they're getting three and a half i think they can go to the rams and they can give them all they can handle with them missing their t top two backs yeah, Rams, Plus, Mike Steelers. Tomlin coming off of a bye here. He's got two weeks to prepare. I don't know. I like the Steelers. In this I one. feel like I, by default, have to do the Steelers only because that's the last time I won any money. <laughs> 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 I hate doing it. You guys know it pains me. All right. Me, but, but I might have to do it. Uh, George Pickens anytime touchdown once again. I'm staking it. Rams money line. <laughs> Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. Nice. Who's covering him? for Pittsburgh. Let's do Monday Night Football the 49ers. They have not lost any love in the eyes of the odds makers. Yeah. They are seven point favorites on the road US Bank Stadium against the Minnesota Vikings. I think the 49ers kind of flex their muscles in a get right game here and cover this seven and a half versus the Vikings. But I will say if there's something to look out for, the Browns beat the Niners up. The x-ray was negative on Debo, so that's good news. But CMC with that oblique injury, mm. we know how that guy is. If you guys have ever played fantasy football before, you know Christian McCaffrey's not the most available person in the league. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I'm with you on this. I think the 49ers are going to come out, and they're going to take it to the Vikings. Vikings, who just barely slipped past the mighty Bears of Chicago yesterday. I look for the 49ers to rebound. All righty, let's quickly wrap here. The Buckeyes will be in Columbus. Four-point favorites. College game day is going to be there. Big Noon Fox is going to be there. This Nick's going to be game. there. I'm going to be there. But – Medina High School alumni, current Penn State quarterback, yeah, Drew go. Aller, is looking for revenge against the Buckeyes, the team that he grew up for. I think the Buckeyes cover that four. I just love what they have shown me ever since that Notre Dame dub. I really think that win exercised a lot of demons for Ohio State, for Kyle McCord. I think the Buckeyes get it done, cover that four-point spread. I think the interesting thing for, to me for the Buckeyes is going to be that backfield. Because, you know, they've got a stable of backs. You had Travion Henderson out, Mayan Williams out, Chip Trainum. He got hurt during that game. And what happens? You have a backup back. Dallin Hayden comes in, 11 carries, 76 yards, is able to do the work yeah. for him. So it's amazing the depth that the Buckeyes always have. They're going to have to lean on that running game. So hopefully their top-end guys are back. Hopefully Travion's back for that game. Because I'd like to see them establish the run, and then be able to open it up for Kyle McCord then to take it to Penn State. I like the Buckeyes here. I like the Buckeyes to cover. I think they're still riding some momentum from that Notre Dame game, to be honest with you. I really think that was a point where this season got infused with some enthusiasm, the yeah. Ohio versus the world. You know, some people made fun of him for it, for going after Lou Holtz. Some people loved it. I think in that locker room, I think the guys really loved it. And I think they're responding on the field, and they're going to respond in a big way when they get into a big spot against Penn State at home. Are we going to have a big play boost on that one? Oh, we will. I think they're going to boost all my journey. Um, so that'll be obviously the first leg of my journey on Saturday at noon. Uh, yeah, so, so will I be able to bet this as a full parlay? You'll be able to bet the full parlay, my little road trip adventure. All yep. right, I'm with you on that. We've got a break, and we'll be back with more Big Play Reflog show right after this. Welcome back to the Big Play Reflog Show. We are wrapping it up, guys. Boom, how many minutes do we have to chit-chat here? We have had to do some math now. Two and a half minutes, gang, uh, as we wrap this up. Anything we we need we didn't cover? Well, we got the Cavs tonight, right? And the Cavs. Cavs get into action here starting for real next week, right, Nick? Yeah, Cavs season finally here. How um, pumped are you? I'm excited, but honestly, it's, it's weird because – a lot of the excitement isn't going to be able to come until the time that calendar flips 2024. Like yeah. this Cavs team, like the expectations are there. You need to cakewalk through this regular season like you did last year. And it really matters come spring, you know, come, come playoff time. What kind of team are you going to be? And I'm curious to see what they do. All the talk, though, Chris, is they're going to shoot some more threes this year, and I think I'm a fan of that. Yeah, and I like the way you know Donovan Mitchell out there is getting get another full season with us and with some of the younger guys, the guys that we've brought in now. Uh, I, I think his leadership is really going to step up to another level this season for us. And I'd like, you know, in what I've seen in the preseason a little bit, you know, his, his kind of cockiness, his kind of attitude out there, you know, not over the top, but just the kind of exuding confidence for yeah. those young guys out there on the court. And I like that because we don't always get that as a team. And we've got to establish 
who the Cavs are, right? They were, we were called soft last year. You don't want to be soft, especially when you come to the playoffs. So that's going to be a process throughout this season of establishing us as a harder team yep. here in the East. And, and then that's going to that's gonna be the talking point every game. And yeah. you think about some of these teams here in the East. Joel Embiid, he's good. You know, he's yeah. physical. And you're going to have to play him on a, a, a regular basis. Same with the Celtics. They always play a tough brand of basketball. Cavs got to be tougher if they're going to get to where they want to go and win a playoff series. I think that's my expectation this year for the Cavs, right? You got to get out of that first round. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got you got to win a series and you've got to I, I think in order to take that next step as an organization and and any hope of keeping Donovan at this point too, you've got to show that hey, we're establishing we're not going to be fourth or fifth in the East forever. Yep. We may we may qualify there in the playoffs, but then once the playoffs start, we, we got all know. the facilities to win it. it it's a crapshoot, right? Yes, yes. We've got the organization. You can win here, and this is why you see it here on the court. I'm excited for the Cavs, and we got to get excited for the Browns. We got to get that dub against the Colts next yep. week. That's where our heads are going to be right now. Thanks for watching the Big Play Reflog Show, and catch us next week.